0: Thank you for being here uh, and braving the snow and all that stuff. We will just want to mention a couple of uh, prayer requests and announcements. I, I, did, I hope everybody saw the email about Terry, uh, Terry Jr. He's still in the hospital, uh, feeling a lot better, I guess. He's still congested and coughing with pneumonia and that. Uh, ongoing thing, but the infection seems to be being dealt with, so thank you for your prayers for him, and got an email about a Friends of Israel conference that's coming up April 22nd over in Lapeer, uh, and that is at Hunter's Creek Community Church, it'll be, kind that's a Saturday, it'll be kind of an all-day event about the four temples, (coughs) excuse me four temples that are in the Bible, Uh, and so basically going to be a prophecy kind of conference, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Again, April 22nd, we'll have more information about that uh, in the future. So with that, let's just open in a quick word of prayer, and then we'll get going this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for Uh, The wonder of your creation and the beauty that we see all around us. I thank you for the changing seasons that uh, also so clearly demonstrate that you are our God and the world is progressing just as you promised that it would and we thank you for that. Uh, I thank you for the special revelation that we have in your word that shows who you are more clearly and perfectly and I just pray that Uh, your word would work in our hearts and minds this morning, that we would be changed by it, where we need to change, and that we would uh, grow to know you and love you better through the study of your word. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the church in general, this uh, body of believers that we're privileged to be a part of through faith in Christ, and we just... uh, Pray that you would be with our local church. Help us to be strongly committed to your word and steadfast in it, uh, regardless of the circumstances around us. And we just pray that you would be with this time now, as we uh, look into some of the news that is going on in the world and just see how uh, the world is against you, and that how your how your word uh tells us to live in a in a world that has gone completely wrong. And I just pray that uh you would guide us in that and guide us in our study of Proverbs. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Not sure why I'm having to cough all of a sudden. But uh we'll make it through. Uh got four articles this morning, not sure if you've seen any of these, or maybe all of these, but uh, it was, this past week was International Women's Day, it's Women's History Month I guess it is, it's getting very hard to keep track of all of the various uh, months of celebration quote unquote that we have, but this past week was International Women's Day. Headline from the Gateway Pundit, uh, March eighth, 2023, Biological Male Receives Award During the International Women of Courage Ceremony at the White House with Dr. Jill. Uh, the president wasn't there, I don't believe. A biological male received an award during the International Women Day of Courage Ceremony at the White House on Wednesday. Jill Biden and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken proudly stood next to the transgender, which is a biological male, award recipient. Joe Biden was not there. Uh, The International Woman of Courage Award Ceremony recognizes those who have demonstrated exceptional courage, strength, and leadership in advocating for peace, justice, human rights, gender equity, and equality and the empowerment of women and girls in their diversity often at great personal risk and sacrifice, according to the State Department. And this individual is actually from Argentina. They're not even an American, which is interesting. In Argentina, Alba Rueda is a transgender woman that, in case you're not initiated enough to realize, transgender woman <laughs> is a man who is claims to be a woman. Uh, he, this person is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred from sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But if the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina, the presenter said. Jill Biden gave this person a kiss as he received his Woman of Courage Award, and there's a video that goes with it that we won't uh, show. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a very confused world <laughs> that we are living in, to say the least. Uh, and so, just uh, I'm not sure what the point of that is, to show you, that. <laughs> just to know how crazy the world is And uh, you probably saw the candy bar thing as well, Uh, Hershey's candy bar. Their spokesman for this month is also a man. Uh, Just very odd. Of course, the Bible tells us there are two genders, male and female, and you're either one or the other. Unless you have some kind of uh, mental issue, which these people actually do. Let's go to this one first. Uh, along the same lines, Woke Christianity. Now this is getting to uh, Christianity here, is becoming involved in this as well. Uh, Breitbart, March 5th, the Church of England Parish Church said that it would be hosting at least two performances of Preach, with one on Saturday, March 4th, and the 2nd, June 3rd. The show on Saturday was to set to feature drag performers Uh, two of them, both of whom have appeared on RuPaul's show. St. James's will welcome drag icons from around the world to perform benefit beneath its ornate gold ceiling, showcasing some of the biggest names in the art as well as fresh talent, the church said. So not only is it in the uh, White House and in the government and put in your face it's your business probably but in England at any rate it's right in the church and usually America is around 10 15 years behind Europe so coming soon to a church near you not this one <laughs> as long as as long as I'm here and of sane mind you can please feel free to fire me uh, take me out back and <laughs> Do away with me if something along these lines ever happens here. Uh, a little bit of a different uh, set of news here. This is, where was this one? From Reuters. March 8th, 2023. Deputy foreign ministers of Turkey, Syria, Iran, and Russia to meet next week. And this, of course, like to point out a lot of these. Uh, Articles that show very clearly that the Middle East and Russia are coming together uh, just as has been prophesied about in the Bible. Ezekiel 38 and 39 in particular uh, tells us that in the end times there's going to be a war basically headed up by Russia wherein several other Middle Eastern countries will invade (laughs) the nation of Israel. And so when we see these kinds of things taking place, oops, we've had enough of that one. Uh, (laughs) The Deputy Foreign Minister's article says, Deputy Foreign Ministers of Russia, Turkey, Syria, and Iran are meeting in Moscow next week. So that's uh, this week now. This is dated, yeah, March 8th. Uh, Turkish Foreign Minister, I won't try to pronounce his name, said on Wednesday <laughs> ahead of planned talks between foreign ministers later. Cavusoglu, that's his name, said his Iranian counterpart, Hossein Amir Abdullahian, yeah, uh, man, wanted to join the talks between Turkey, Syria, and Russia, and Turkey happily agreed. So Turkey and I, he, happily inviting Iran to come. To this uh, meeting. Astana is the only surviving format to address Syria anyway. Now we are planning a meeting between the four foreign ministers, Kavasoglu told a joint news conference. Uh, Russia offered to host a preliminary meeting for the preparations of this four way meeting. This meeting will be held at the level of deputy ministers next week in Moscow. Moscow is supporting a rapprochement between Damascus and Ankara, hosting talks between their defense ministers in December. Uh, So Turkey and Syria at this point in time are very uh, much at odds with one another because of, I think it would primarily be the Kurdish people who live in both countries, Turkey and Syria, and the border disputes and all of these things, so Russia however is friends with Syria so they're just trying to make one big happy family over there uh and the Bible tells us that it'll that it will happen all right so last but certainly not least this is the one that's probably the most uh Personally, for all of us, the the one that's the most personally dangerous uh, saw this in Christian headlines, March 2nd. <clears throat> uh, and it's very interesting. The headline is, When mental illness goes viral, social contagi- contagions are destroying our girls. And I would argue it goes beyond just our girls. But at any rate, the article says, One of the strangest stories... Of the last couple of years is how teenage girls have been stricken with facial tics after browsing the video-sharing app TikTok. Earlier this month, <clears throat> Azine Goryashi published a deep dive on the strange phenomenon in the New York Times. Looking back at the puzzling explosions explosion of TikTok tics during the pandemic, she reported that contagious outbreaks of strange behavior are not new and have a technical name. Mass psychogenic illness. And the first thing that I thought when I read that was I thought of the Salem Witch Trials, which this is an actual thing that is (laughs) contagious psychologically among primarily uh, young girls. And TikTok (laughs) and social media in general plays a large role in, in bringing it out. In people, for example, long before TikTok, back in 2011, 18 girls at a high school in Leroy, New York, broke into twitches and head snapping after one of their peers suffered a sudden spasm. The incident became a legend in medical literature. History is full of stories of patients, mostly women, who seem to catch tremors, seizures, paralysis, and even blindness from each other like contagious diseases. Such mass psychogenic events used to be limited to real-life social circles, but social media has dissolved the boundaries that once kept outbreaks geographically contained. Now anyone with a smartphone can catch such behaviors, quote-unquote, catch them. Uh, Most interesting about Goriashi's piece is, and this is written in the New York Times, so this isn't, you know, I don't know, some quote-unquote, right-wing conspiracy theory here. <laughs> Most interesting about her piece was the correlation between social media-induced mental illness and LGBT identities. In fact, she wrote, Doctors at, recent, at a recent conference in Switzerland admitted that a surprising percentage of their patients with the TikTok ticks identified as transgender or non-binary. Neurologists also told her that a disproportionate number of gender-diverse adolescents had developed sudden tics. Uh, Unsurprisingly, all of this gets blamed on the discrimination, stigma, and bias that trans kids suffer. A more reasonable interpretation, however, of the disproportionate occurrence of mass psychogenic illness among girls and LGBT social media users is that certain groups are more vulnerable to the social contagion. Uh, So, yeah, and it goes on. Years ago, physician and researcher Lisa Littman was excoriated for coining the phrase rapid-onset gender dysphoria. The evidence continues to vindicate her theory, and the the explosion of gender dysphoria and uh, homosexuality uh, among younger people is... Off the charts compared to what it has been of of recent or in the recent past, at any rate, I think I saw it was about twenty five percent of college age college and teenage kids in America, according to a poll, identify as homosexual or transgender twenty five percent that's uh, unprecedented numbers. and as we've mentioned before. A lot of that, uh, the ability for it to be able to spread so rapidly is because of social media. Uh, And so we all, even though we live in small-town America, uh, we need to be aware of these things, especially uh, if you have (laughs) young ones at home, teenage kids. Teenage kids, you're old enough to uh, realize the danger of this as well and it and it needs to be avoided I mean we don't want to have a legalistic standard or that kind of thing that oh you can never look at these uh, apps and whatever but nevertheless uh, if you know that you could be susceptible to falling prey to those kinds of things, then it's a good idea to avoid it altogether uh, just on a on a personal level just because it's so, it's so dangerous and so nefarious uh, can have such a bad effect in our lives. And that's why we need books of the Bible like the book of Proverbs. So with that, let's turn to our Bibles in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. This is where we find ourselves this morning looking at this uh another just absolutely wonderful section of this book that is so uh, relevant to us because it uh it's as if it's written right directly to all of us even though we live literally 3000 years after it was written by Solomon uh it is incredible how it it seems like some of these topics are more more relevant to us than they were to the people that Solomon wrote them to. And Proverbs chapter 4 is, is no different. As it, I've kind of broken this down, this chapter, into three, three pieces that are, are, can be used by parents as a way to uh, teach their children. Uh, but that's the, the genre that Solomon was using. Proverbs is a book of poetry, and he, So that's just the way that he is communicating this truth, as if he is writing to his own children, which I'm sure he was. But nevertheless, uh, we need to understand that all Scripture is for us and, and serves a purpose for us. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, "...all Scripture is inspired by God." and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So while every verse of the Bible isn't written directly to you and me, (laughs) like much of the Old Testament is written to the nation of Israel, uh, nevertheless, it still has an application to us uh, in a many times in a, in a moral way, to correct our actions, correct our thinking, so that we can be equipped to do good things for the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, of course, is no, no exception to that. It is, it is absolutely written for us to instruct us how to live. So even though it's, I've entitled this, How to Raise Godly Children, it's really great for that. It's also really great for each and every one of us so that we can know how to act in this world. And so today uh, we have this idea of staying on the right path. Last time it was uh, spur your children to seek wisdom and the importance of that in daily, daily uh, life with your children and as a father in particular how it is—it's your duty to lead in your family and teach your children, and encourage them to be wise, to seek after wisdom, and the the importance of that. And today, it is this idea of imploring your children to stay on the right path. As human beings, uh, we are—we live in a fallen world. In case you didn't know, this place isn't perfect, <laughs> as evidenced by our. Articles this morning and just uh, living life, you ought to realize that this isn't, uh, this isn't heaven, this isn't a perfect world. And so, therefore, also, since we are created in the image of God, that means we can make decisions. That's the, to me, that is the primary uh, aspect of the image of God, is that we are thinking beings. That's what separates us from the animal world essentially. Uh, As much as I love my little puppy dog, he makes decisions. He makes decisions, but it's always uh, driven towards the flesh, satisfying himself and what he wants. He makes no consideration about anything other than himself. We as human beings created in the image of God have the ability to make decisions that will help other people. (coughs) Kind of like God, God did not have to create mankind for uh, for himself to be complete. He did that completely of his own volition, completely for uh, his own purposes and he did it for us. He gave life to us for us, not for not for him. He did that for himself. He went to the cross, not for himself, he did it for you and for me and for every person on this earth he did it out of love for other people and when we are created in the image of god then, now that means we can make decisions in our life we can choose to live for ourselves and satisfy our flesh and be selfish and awful people or we can make decision to make the decision to live for other people to please god and to, to serve him and serve other people. Sounds a lot like love God and love others. The greatest of the commandments. That's what it means to be created in the image of God, the ability to make that choice. So we have to make the choice to stay on the right path. And children, while they too are created in the image of God, uh, they have a tendency to act like the little puppy dog, and make decisions, especially when they're very young, to make decisions that are only about themselves. And so they need to be taught uh, about making wise decisions from a very uh, young age. So Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, says, "...hear my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many." I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in, the up, in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. So once again, uh, the NASB, one of the reasons I like the NASB is that it divides uh, a lot of portions of Scripture into, into their proper uh, pieces. And this chapter 4 is one of those in particular that uh, it's dividing it right into the, I didn't come up with the three sections of, of Proverbs chapter 4, uh, it doesn't right here for you, dividing it into paragraph sections uh, all the way down through (laughs) verse 19. And you notice that this section begins very much like the first section. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 1. Verse 9, hear my son and accept my sayings, he says. So hear and accept. Here's that idea. Listen and accept it. Similar to hear and believe in order to be saved, and it's that same term that we saw last time. The Shema uh, is the Hebrew term for hear, and the Great Shema again, Deuteronomy chapter four or chapter six and verse four. This was the command to the nation of Israel to set them on the right path. Remember Mo, the book of Deuteronomy, Moses' sermon to the people before they went into the land, uh, second giving of the law. The number one thing that they needed to do was to have generational faithfulness. And that takes parents teaching children. Deuteronomy 6, four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. That's all day, every day is what that means. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your gates. And so that's why you will see uh, Orthodox Jewish people with uh, things tied to their wrists and the the box tied to their head and that kind of thing. That would be a very legalistic uh, application of what is, is written here. And as Jesus often said to the Pharisees, you're missing the point. It's not, you know, having this box tied to your head isn't going to make you uh, carry out what is the spirit of what is being said here. The spirit of what is being said here is to always have the Word of God in your mind and on your hands and in your mouth. As a as a leader of your family, a parent of your children, especially, you need to be leading these kids in in the way of the Lord, so that they will accept it. That's the they have to hear it in order to accept it. People aren't born good. They aren't born just ready to obey and and, uh, uh, follow the Lord with their life. They need to be taught these things. And so both of these hear and accept are imperatives. They are commands to, uh, in the language that we don't really we just kind of have to infer it in the English language. In Hebrew, it's, it's right there for us in the way that the word is, is written, that these are commands that they need to hear and accept, just exactly like the gospel. You have to hear it, and then you have to believe it. That's what it is to be, uh, to be saved, as we say. The first uh, tense of our salvation To be delivered from the penalty of sin. Uh, In Acts chapter 15, in verse 7, we get this this, uh, standard operating procedure, if you will, in the giving of the gospel. How people get saved. Acts 15, 7, after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, this is the Jerusalem council. Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. That's the two necessary components there uh, for people being saved. They have to hear the gospel and they have to believe it. So there's all kinds of things that are wrapped up within that, of course. They have to hear the right gospel. They have to hear about the Jesus of the Bible, not just some invented Jesus like the Muslims believe in Jesus. Uh, But it's not the Jesus of the Bible, the second person of the Trinity who's always existed, who one day took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, and then lived life as a human, the the God-man, fully God, fully man and died for the sins of the world, and then uh, rose again on the third day. That's the gospel of the Bible in a nutshell, and you have to hear that. Understand that you're a sinner. He died for sins. He's not just dying for the fun of it. He died because you are a sinner, and you need to be saved, and you need to trust in what he did for you. So at the moment that you do that, you hear the gospel that you're a sinner, you need to be saved. Jesus died for your sins as God, and he desires for you to believe in him. Stop from your good work. Stop trying to earn his favor to be saved. Stop depending on your religion or your denomination, or uh, stop believing that there is no God and your sin doesn't matter. That's and trust completely in him. that's hearing and accepting or hearing and believing so that you can be delivered from the penalty of your sin. This Deuteronomy chapter six, it entails both of those things. Little children aren't just going to believe on their own. they have to hear the gospel and understand they're a sinner and believe in Christ, but then. We're not magically transformed into angelic robots that just do whatever God wants us to do all the time. Wouldn't that, isn't that just wonderful? No, you need, to, you need to walk with the Lord. You need to be sanctified as you're going about your daily life. You need to be delivered from the power of sin in the present tense. And that's what so much of the Bible is about. Like the book of Deuteronomy uh, it was kind of a. It was a given that the people would be believing in the God of Israel, trusting in Him for their salvation. You can read all about that in the Book of Psalms, over and over and over and over and over. It tells us how to be saved by believing in the God of Israel. Uh, God wanted them to live for Him because that was their that was their role. In the world, to be a light to the Gentile people, to show the Gentile people around them that the God of Israel is the God of universe, the God of the universe. And, and you need to believe in Him. You need to turn from your idols and believe in our God, the God of the universe. And the way that they would do that was by being different from the people around them. So hence the law: Be different from the people around you. And their children needed to be instructed in that so that they would make right choices. They would be delivered from the power of sin uh, in their daily lives. That's why Jesus says in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. We are sanctified, uh, living a correct life with the Lord as we hear and accept the things that we see in the Bible. Like, uh, I, th- just pick any number, any sin you want, it's going to be pointed out in the Scriptures somewhere, and we ought not to be uh, indulging in that. That's hearing the Word and accepting it, applying it to your life, having your, your heart softened to, in order so that you can live for the Lord. That's the purpose of of instruction in the word. Like we saw in 2 Timothy 3:16, it's all there so that we can be uh, prepared to live for the Lord. We need to hear and accept the truth from the scripture in order to do that. And when we when we do, this leads to a long and happy life here according to uh, verse 10, and the years of your life will be many. Interesting. Now this isn't, uh, this again is poetry, doesn't necessarily mean that every saved person who's walking with the Lord is going to live to 110 years old. Uh, But for it does, on the other hand, uh, promise us that we are going to avoid a lot of the problems of life if we are living for the Lord, and the result of that many times is to physically be more healthy and to avoid problems that lead to death. First uh, John five sixteen says, "If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, implication, there is sin that leads to death. He shall ask, and God will uh, for him give life to those who commit sin not leading to death." There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make a request for this. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. Paul kind of addressed the same issue, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven, passage you're familiar with that we uh, read many times on the first Sunday of the month. Uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. 27, Therefore, whoever eats bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. A number of you are dead, he says, because of sin that's in your in your life and the nation of Israel in particular was promised life with obedience if they would obey their lives would be longer Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 14 a lot of uh replacement kind of theologians love Deuteronomy 28 this this is the these are the blessings for the church if only you will Uh, believe in the Lord, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and everything is going to be awesome. And then they leave off verses 15 through about 72, I think it is, the curses for disobedience of the law. Uh, But nevertheless, the nation of Israel does have these promises. If they will obey the Lord, they will enjoy the land, it will be fruitful for them, they will be able to uh, have long lives and prosper In the land, God will physically protect them and bless them if they are obedient to the law. And so when Solomon is writing this, they're in the land. Remember that this is uh, Solomon was the son of David. So this is just a number of years after they have been in the land and they are there. And as a matter of fact, the nation of Israel during the time of Solomon was very prosperous, probably the most prosperous that they were in their entire history so far. And so he's writing to his son saying, if you obey, we'll be able to stay in the land. You will enjoy uh, fruitfulness and all of the wonderful things that God has promised to us. And if you don't, then verses 15 through the rest of chapter 28 will happen. And People will invade. They will lay siege to our cities. We're going to starve to death. There's going to be disease. Uh, and horrific judgment is going to come upon us. Your life will not be long. Many of you will die because of these invasions. And so just keep that keep that in mind. Yes, there's kind of a secondary application to obedience to the Lord uh, that you're Your life can be uh, satisfying, put it that way. You may not always have great circumstances in your life. The Apostle Paul, a wonderful example of that. He wouldn't uh, say, or we wouldn't say that the circumstances of his life were always great. He was imprisoned, he was beaten, he was literally stoned to death, shipwrecked, tired, hungry, cold, uh, and all of these various things, but I guarantee you, he was satisfied with his life. He had a satisfying life because he was living in obedience to the Lord, and we, we ought to be uh, the same way. Notice in verse 11 that the father's actions match his words. This is, for parents, this is the uh, quintessential. Number one, <laughs> and I think that's pretty much why it's listed first here. Notice verse 11. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. His words, his direction, and his actions are equal. They are the same. There is nothing that will destroy a child's uh, view of God faster than a father, in particular, who says one thing and does another. Uh, Very 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 detrimental to the lives of your children and your your witness to other people and just the uh, down down the line it goes. We should follow the Paul, example of Paul. he is the ultimate example of this. Uh, this frightens me to even <laughs> consider sometimes to consider saying this to people, but Paul, he is the man. Philippians three seventeen, brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. That ought to be all of our goals. That we are just we are out there, no secrets, no secret life that we're hiding from people. Uh, follow my example. He didn't. Uh, he didn't just say it once to the Philippians. He said it twice. Philippians 4.9, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Paul could say that because that was his experience in his life. He lived in a certain way and the God of peace was with him. And he took that information and wrote it down in scripture saying, if you live the way that I live, the God of peace will be with you. He also said it to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore I exert you, exhort you, be imitators of me. Live like I do, Paul said to the Corinthians. And the Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 3.7, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have a right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. So Paul, uh, the Thessalonians had a problem with not working, uh, being lazy, Uh, to put it bluntly. And so Paul and his companions went there and worked. They worked uh, to feed themselves, to house themselves, clothe themselves, and to be an example to these people. And Paul had the uh, right and ability to tell them, follow his example. And if you do this, if you hear and accept the sayings of Solomon, not only will you have a long life, uh, you need to do as I Say, and as I do, that's going to make your path easier. Notice verse 12. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life, Solomon says. Uh, and then he goes on from there. He tells them to flee from evil. So your life is, the circumstances of your life are going to be easier if you are uh, following the Lord and following his word. And another key is to flee from evil. Do not enter the path of the wicked, verse 14 says, and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. That is... uh, Good advice for all of us. Good advice for parents to pass on to their children. You know, if you find yourself uh, struggling with some certain sin, and it happens, when you go past this place, uh, whatever that place may be, don't go there. (laughs) Don't go by that place, and you won't uh, be... You'll have one uh, more barrier to falling into the sin if you're whatever the situation may be. Uh, There are a number of applications for this. Of course, you need to make the circumstances of your life such that you're not falling into temptation of sin. If it's on a computer, you've got to get some kind of uh, guard on your computer to make sure that you're not uh, going to pornographic sites or whatever whatever it is, that kind of thing. Same thing with your phone. If your phone is leading you into sin, uh, don't use it. Have some kind of a guard on it. Get a silly flip phone (laughs) to keep you from sinning. It's more important to not sin than it is to be up to date on uh, TikTok and whatnot. Next, in verse... 16 through 19, Solomon kind of changes gears uh, rather quickly and turns his attention to the wicked people themselves. Verse 16, he says, "...for they cannot sleep unless they do evil, and they are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn." that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Evil consumes the wicked. It is what they, it is what they think about. It is what is on their mind continually is what Solomon is saying, saying here. They can't sleep unless they unless they've tricked someone unless they've carried out their their wicked plans <clears throat> and uh this is what their this is what is consuming their minds. We as believers need to have our minds on something very different than that in fact, the exact opposite of that paul says to the Philippians, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. That's the nefarious nature of cell phones and the internet in particular. But cell phones, most definitely, and social media, it's as if they are made one for the other in order to... Uh, have our brains thinking about the wrong thing. I mean, it literally, it literally does something to the chemical makeup or the chemical things that are happening in your brain as you're looking at uh, social media and pornography would fall right into the same uh, vein, that it's doing something to your brain and causing you to want to do it more. That's something we need to avoid as this is evil, consumes the wicked. Evil can consume you too as a believer if you're allowing it to happen. Instead, think on good things. Think on uh, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute. These kinds of things. The exact opposite of what is being pumped into our uh, sight, 24 hours a day. Uh, and notice that wickedness and violence is what they believe in. I found this to be very interesting. That's the meaning of uh, verse 17. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Does that remind you as a Christian of anything that we do on the first Sunday of the month? We eat the bread and consume the the juice or the wine as a sign that we we are believing in. The, the fact that Jesus Christ was a human, he's the God-man, we consume the bread to show that we believe that and that his body was broken for our sin, and we consume the, the juice to show that we believe, uh, we are trusting in his shed blood for our, the forgiveness of our sins. We take it in to show that we believe it, a very uh, visceral example of belief. That's why we do that. The evil are very different. They are consuming the bread of wickedness and drinking the wine of violence. That's because that's what they believe in. I believe in evil. Have you ever met somebody like that or seen them on TV? Yeah, probably. They believe in wickedness, and they are trusting in violence to get what they they want. Uh, And we need to be the exact opposite of that. And if we are, our path is going to be lit for us. Verse 18, the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. God's word is a light to our path. Is a Well, what does it say? It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path in Psalm 119. 105 and it shines brighter and brighter like the noon day as the more we follow God's word the brighter the path gets before us that's what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 13 and verse 23 Matthew 13 parables uh, one of them in particular the the parable of the soils there's four different kinds of soils that people have Uh, One is completely hardened. God's word just kind of bounces off. The birds of the air come and eat it. Uh, Another one has uh, weeds in it that the ground is shallow. The weeds sprout. As soon as the seed sprouts, the weeds come up and choke it out. Not a lot of fruit is being born there. Same with the rocky soil. Uh, the seed comes in, it sprouts, the rocks uh, basically choke it out so that there isn't going to be any uh, fruit there as well. And then there's the ground that's prepared. It's softened, it's plowed up, it's ready for the seed to come in. It, uh, The seed sprouts and grows and bears fruit. However, there are different levels of fruit for people. Verse 23 of Matthew 13, "...and the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil..." This is the man who hears the word and understands it. There's our formula again, hear and believe. Who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So the one who is uh, very obedient is using the word to the way that he walks in his life. His path is getting more and more light, more and more opportunities to bear fruit For the Lord, that's the the whole point of that. Solomon saying the same thing. Another example of the New Testament isn't a lot of new information, it's expounding on information that is in the Old Testament. The evil, on the other hand, live in darkness. Verse 19 The way of the wicked is like darkness, they do not know over what they stumble. And I had an example of this in my life, not that I'm living in evil, this isn't confession time. (laughs) Uh, But I was walking in the darkness a couple weeks ago when there was uh, no moon, and it was at night, I was coming back from uh, taking the food out of the chicken house, and it was after the ice storm. So there was, uh, like, the ground was solid ice, and there was a pile of ice, and there was no moon, and I'm walking back, uh, walking back up to the house, and boom, I just walk right into this pile of ice that had come off the driveway. Didn't even see it. Didn't fall all the way down, but wow, that was unbelievable. Could not even see that thing at all. This is the way evil people are walking around in life, or people who are just naive are walking around in life. People who aren't uh, living with the light of God's word. Christians do this a lot. I don't know, don't want to speak for you. There have been times in my life where I don't walk according to the word and you stumble over stuff in the darkness because you're not uh, living according to God's word. Maybe you've experienced that same thing in your life. Uh, The evil are continually like this and they actually like it. Uh, that kind of shows the mentality of evil, evilness in general, and wickedness in general, and living in it. They stumble and fall over the thing, and ah, th- oh, man, that was awesome! I love this. It's delusional to say the least. They don't realize the damage that they're that they're doing to themselves. John three sixteen, famous words of. Jesus, speaking on this kind of a topic, For it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. There's one condition that's mentioned there, believe. You believe, you have eternal life. You don't believe, you don't have eternal life. Just one, one requirement there. Verse 19, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. They love <laughs> tripping and stumbling over the darkness and getting in, uh, over the obstacles of life, getting cut up and bruised. and th- This is fun. Man, this is great. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. That's the difference between the evil and people who have, (laughs) and the evil ones who have believed in Christ. That's We all fit into that category. We're either still in our evil and in our sin and loving the darkness and loving beating ourselves up. We don't even, we're so naive, we don't even realize the damage that we're doing to our lives. Or we are sinful people who have believed in Christ and now we can walk in the light. And he who practices the truth comes to the light so that the the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter and more obvious. The path that you are to be on is more and more obvious for you to live on. And these are the kinds of things that we need to be teaching our children and our grandchildren. And and every one of us is an example. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's an awful lot of uh, young people running around the church here. And so Each and every one of us needs to be an example to them about how to live. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Proverbs, this uh, ancient book that is so applicable to our lives today in the 21st century. I just pray that you would help us to not just understand it, but apply it to our lives so that we can be a light for you in this world that so obviously and desperately needs the truth. And we just uh, thank you for that. Pray that you would go before us in our lives with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.